the mission of the Pennsylvania Department of Education is to ensure that every learner has access to a world-class education system. Welcome to PDE Presents, a podcast series for lifelong learners that's dedicated to elevating voices across the Commonwealth. And now your host, Noe Ortega. Hello, my name is Noe Ortega, Acting Secretary for the Pennsylvania Department of Education, and welcome to PDE Presents. PDE Presents is part of the department strategy to change the way that we think and talk about the collective mission and greater public good outcomes of education. With me today is my guest, Dr. Khaled Mumin, who serves as the superintendent for the Reading School District. Dr. Mumin has dedicated more than 20 years of his professional life to the field of education in a number of capacities. Dr. Mumin also happens to be Pennsylvania's 2021 Superintendent of the Year and one of the four finalists for the National Superintendent of the Year as well. Dr. Mumin, welcome to PDE Presents. Thank you so much. Thank you. It's uh, my pleasure to be here today. Fantastic. So for those who might be meeting you virtually for the first time, what is something you might be willing to share with our listeners about who you are as a professional and how you approach your work? Mm. Uh, First and foremost, as you mentioned uh, previously, I am the superintendent of the Reading School District, uh, which is the fourth largest district in the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. Uh, I am so thankful and humbled to be able to be a servant leader uh, to to our community, our very diverse community of learners. Uh, Very quickly, uh, providing some quick demographic information, uh, the students in the Reading School District are 99% underserved, which really leads my work in the direction of advocacy uh, and being bold and inspirational um, and, and, and demonstrating a proven track record of making decisions around all kids. I'm proud to say that the Reading School District, uh, we are able to uh, implement and nationally recognize equity platform for our kids, which look at, which looks at fiscal responsibility, academic achievement, access to opportunities, as well as you know feeding, feeding our students, providing nutritional meals for our students for all uh, 19,000 students in the district. So again, I come to you very humble and proud, and I'm, I'm here as a servant leader, uh, servant leader. It's all about servant leadership, and it's all about the kids. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. A true servant leader you are, no doubt, for the accolades and awards that you've received. This past year, Dr. Momin, has probably changed the educational landscape forever, but the field of education is no stranger to pressing matters. I wonder if you might share with what, with us what you feel is one of the most pressing matters in the field of education. Um, very clearly, one of the most pressing matters uh, has to uh, coalesce with the the current the current uh, climate of our of the pandemic that we're fighting here uh, in the world, actually. So, with that, when you start talking about COVID nineteen and the pandemic, and we start to look at uh, different gaps in regards to access to to healthcare, access uh, to vaccines and testing and things of that nature. Those things manifest themselves in the school systems. It's very, it, it's very consistent when you look at the gaps. When you look at um, in regards to opportunities and access, it comes down to zip code and demographics. And as I stated earlier, the Reading School District is 99% underserved. Thus, there are many gaps that exist in our educational system. 
one of the things that has been a, a huge pressing matter as many students have been uh, ha have been directed to, uh, to 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 gain instruction and pedagogy online is the digital divide. Uh, and one of the things with the digital divide is not only the the discrepancy with students not having access to actual uh, computers or devices, but also the access to the connectivity of being being virtual. Uh, so what that has what that has done or has motivated school leaders to do is one, get the devices in the hands of the students and two partner very strongly with our internet providers to be able to provide connectivity to all kids. And I believe that, you know, the, it, in the midst of this pandemic, there are some positives and there are some barriers that we must uh, continue to overcome. However, <clears throat> when we start to reimagine what schools will look like in the future, the positive pieces will be able to be, be able to be sustained. Here's an example, again, focusing on the digital divide. Um, last March, when schools were closed in the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania, meaning the physical, the buildings were closed, but instruction continued, um, we were at a point where we did not have devices for all, all 18,500 kids, close to 19,000 kids. With the help of some federal funding, some state support, we were able to close that divide. We actually took a three-year technology plan and implemented it in less than three months. So all of our students have devices. Two, over the summer, we were able to work with a large internet provider to be able to provide connectivity for all of our kids in the Reading School District, along with some partnerships uh, with, uh, with some of our community leaders, community partners in regards to businesses, and to, to provide access to, to live hotspots and things of that nature, where again, we're able to close the, um, the access gap in regards to uh, internet services. What I mean by that opportunity being a huge barrier will now become a successful piece when we reimagine schools. We will be able to use technology effectively to further supplement the education and the delivery of instruction that's happening in our classrooms. That's something that we see that will live on. Um, that's something that we're going to invest in for our, for, for our future in regards to um, having it packaged as part of our, our instructional design. And I, I think, again, it, it provided us an opportunity to really take the school system to a place in three months where it was going to take us three years from a fiscal standpoint as well as an operational standpoint. Appreciate that, Dr. Mumin. And I think when you really lay out the equity uh, concerns that exist within everything that you laid out that the pandemic has caused on school districts, I think it's really important for folks to understand how there's differential impact uh, on individuals, right? Particularly in areas where there's a lot of underserved folks like you just described. I wonder if you could share with us, uh, essentially in the way that you lead, the way that you frame things from an equity lens, how does this influence your team in the work that they do uh, to address some of these concerns, or even as you think about the reconstruction of education in the future? Yes, I think that our work has to be deeply embedded in our love for kids and understanding that our students are the future in this ever-changing society. 
I'll capture this very succinctly in one acronym, and the acronym is HOPE, H-O-P-E. That's hope slash health, open advocacy, passionate action, and empathy. That's how I lead. Those are the types of administrators, teachers, support staff that, that I require to be in our buildings with our kids. You have to be able to be a conduit of hope open advocacy, passionate action, and empathy. Uh, if not, there's really no purpose or reason to do this work in the community that we serve uh, or the communities that we serve. That hope, open advocacy, passionate action, and empathy is something that we've been able to, to not only address as some of our values, our core values around what we do, but it has become a movement. It's an expectation. It not only elevates the children in the community, however, it, 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 it motivates the parents, the business partners, the colleges and universities, the philanthropists that, that help us along the way. I mean, hope is what is really embedded in this community and continues to really, really push us forward. When all else fails, when all else fails, we have to go down that acronym. You know, are we providing that hope for our kids and that vision? Um, are we making sure that we have healthy learning environments for our children, whether it's face-to-face -face or in a virtual uh, virtual environment? Are we, are we presenting ourselves with open advocacy for our children's needs? That is a requirement for us. Passionate action. You can't go at this without the passion and purpose behind the work. And having the cultural competencies to understand the humanistic values of empathy. We have to be able to grapple with some of the uh, some of the barriers that may present themselves in our in our communities and our students homes uh, and the sheer empathy around what it means to grow up in poverty. And I'm not just talking poverty itself. I'm talking acute poverty. So understanding those components and characteristics provides us with the necessary fuel for us to continue this work uh, and create sustainable uh, sustainable uh, uh, practices that we can influence generations of students to one day take our seats uh, as educators, legislators, business partners, at, you know, to be able to move this thing forward and break the cycles of poverty. Agreed. And I think for many of our listeners tuning in today, you know, thinking about how to use the hope framework in their leadership is something that is truly important and I would imagine many would value such as myself. Uh, you know, this work is not easy to lead, Dr. Momin. Everything you describe is full of challenges and can be taxing on individuals as well, right? Uh, what advice or strategies would you share with others on how you manage and deal with some of the challenges that you spoke about today addressing? Um, first and foremost, we know education or school systems are a microcosm of society, which means it's inevitable that there will be barriers. Um, so we can't walk, you know, take this journey uh, in regards to leading this work, thinking that there's everything's going to be peachy, uh, peachy keen all the time. Barriers will exist because this is a microcosm. School systems are a microcosm of society. So the way that we go about it, you have to be visionary, inspirational, bold, uh, and very intentional with your leadership. 
and, and that's something that I've taken a lot of pride in. Um, when a barrier exists, and again, in education, you know, we are the profession of acronyms. So I'm very quick to find acronyms to be able to map on to the work and to the journey. The acronym for this one is API. And API is simple, A-P-I-E. Now, it's not something that I created myself. It's something that came about when I was, when I was young, growing up, my mother was in nursing school and API is used in the medical profession. As I grew older, uh, became an educator, I used it and mapped it onto education and it's quite simple. When a barrier exists, you assess, you assess the barrier, you assess the issue, you create a plan, create plans around addressing the issue, you implement those plans with fidelity, but then you evaluate. And when you go through that evaluation process, there will be wins and losses, successful points and low points, but you evaluate so that when you go into this process again, assessing plan, implementation and evaluate, you'll be able to even make the plan even stronger. I call it creating a toolkit of, uh, within the journey. You know, there's some barriers that you will see once, twice, over and over again. When you have implemented strategic thought uh, partnering and, and, and implementation in regards to assessment plan, implementation, and evaluate, you'll be able to knock that barrier down quite quickly. However, as I said earlier, schools are a microcosm of societal issues. So there are some things that are new to us where you have to assess them with great intent. You have to create plans that are flexible. You have to implement those plans and evaluate over and over and over again. So that the key here is to create sustainable change, uh, sustainable progress, and also some type of systems support where we're able to move swiftly through barriers uh, that exist or, or, or coexist, exist throughout uh, throughout this journey. Dr. Moming, thank you so much for joining us today. It has been an absolute privilege to talk to you. Uh, I'm Noe Ortega. Thank you for being a part of today's conversation. Join us for the next one here on PDE Presents. Production and technical assistance provided by the Harrisburg branch of the Pennsylvania Training and Technical Assistance Network. <laughs>